Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unauthorized Disclosure Podcast. I'm one of the show's hosts, Kevin Gastola. I'm very pleased to be with you. We were on a break. We are going to go on a break. Randy Kalik and Max Blumenthal, along with Anya Parampil, took a trip to Syria. They were in Damascus. Ryan Kalik was posting photos, gorgeous, beautiful photos from Syria to Instagram. She was tweeting about her experiences. They were doing reporting. They spoke to Syrians about the, the Syrian conflict, um, the, the, the small pockets of war that continue in the country. Uh, she was in the government areas. She was talking to people there. Uh, she was putting out Again, information that undermines this regime change narrative. A lot of her work, that's what she does. And naturally what happened is a familiar faction of people came out to attack Rania and Max and wanted to shut them down once again, suggesting they're paid propagandists or on some kind of luxury tour through the country, war crimes denial, whitewashing Assad's atrocities, and on and on and on, uh, hyperventilating, exaggerating human rights abuses, even saying that what they were doing amounted to Nazi propaganda. These are people who are respected. They get published in establishment media publications. They are allowed platforms. And what they want is essentially Rania Kalik and Max Blumenthal to never do journalism on Syria and parts of the Middle East ever again. They want to cancel them. They've worked for the last three years very aggressively to cancel these two fine journalists. Max has been on the show uh, multiple times and we've been going for about six years. He's been an important voice to have on because his work is crucial and he spearheads the Gray Zone Project the Gray Zone Project used to be a part of Alternet. It's now independent. And that might be largely a result of what these people have done to Max, what they've done to Rania, in making it uh, a liability for progressive publications to print the kind of reporting that Max and Rania are courageous and willing to do. Rania has an even more... Uh, incredible story and she's told it on this show before but I recapped it in a story that I published at my site shadowproof.com and you can find it there under familiar faction of regime change advocates lash out at journalists reporting from Syria went up on September 10th I even included an editor's note that I co-host the unauthorized disclosure podcast with Rania Kalik and that yes this absolutely is a biased defense of Rania Kalik and Max Blumenthal. You better goddamn well believe that I'm standing up for them and being able to report and engage in journalism in Syria without having to cater to the interests of the U.S. permanent warfare state, without having to cater to the military-industrial complex, the pro-Israel lobby, the people who have engaged in sort of destabilization of countries like Syria, you better believe that I back them for putting out information that gets us closer to the truth of what's happening in Syria. You better believe that I support them for having 
the audacity and the courage to go to the country and to see for themselves what is happening on the ground and to talk to people who have lived it. Um, not to say that they represent the 100% truth of what's going on in Syria, but that they're talking to people who are primary sources, who know and can speak to what's happening. They're not abstract. A lot of the people out there who attack Rania and Max are abstractly going after uh, their, their paid pundits. They have not been to Syria. They do not know. They have not set foot on the ground. And they're not any more neutral and unbiased than Rania and Max. I mean, you have Clarissa, Clarissa Ward is a CNN correspondent. And she was baffled and dumbstruck by what Max and Rania were sharing from Syria. Well, she got a fixer, Clarissa did. She got a fixer who was a media man for Al-Qaeda, the Al-Qaeda affiliate in Syria. This fixer, Bilal Abdul Karim, took her in to rebel territory and wanted credit but was not given credit for the special that she produced for CNN. And anyways, he was steering her around to what he wanted her to see. They worked on the special together. It's a narrative that was sponsored and promoted by the Al-Qaeda affiliate in Syria. And yet it's Clarissa who is going to lose her lunch over Rania and Max being in Syria. It's Clarissa who wants to bang her head on the table because she is pissed off that Rania and Max are in Syria reporting the truth. So in my article, I wrote this. I want to catch people up. Some of you might be new to the show. Maybe you don't know about this saga. It's been on full it's been unfolding with unauthorized disclosure for a long time. Uh, we're not the target of it, but we've used this show in order to provide a kind of defense for Rania Kalik. We've used the show so that we have a space in order to deal with these people. It's hard to deal with them on Twitter. They are engaged in a kind of information war. And just to quickly break it down, what it, what it amounts to is Rania and Max have made a calculation. It's a lot like my publication where every day I'm not always reporting on Trump's abusive conduct, Trump's belligerence, Trump's vulgar and appalling behavior. There's so much of that reporting in the establishment media. I don't need to fill a void by reporting on that. What needs to be added to the conversation along with that coverage of Donald Trump's administration is the manner in which Democrats are failing to resist. We need to highlight the Democratic Party. We need to look at how liberals and progressives are failing, how they're enabling the way in which they're just as much a part of perpetuating these problems as Donald Trump. But people can come to me sometimes and get angry because they say, why aren't you covering Trump? You're always attacking Democrats. You're always going after progressives and liberals. Why don't you attack Donald Trump? And I say to them, that's because I don't have to do that. Most of the people who read our site already agree that what Trump is doing is appalling and despicable. But I have to convince them that there are other aspects of the system that are complicit 
and we need to cover that part as well. We need to give a more nuanced and complex picture of what is happening with the U.S. government. I feel like that's my role as a journalist, as somebody who can comment and put together analyses of what is going on. Rania and Max understand that Bashar al-Assad has committed crimes against humanity, have engaged in conduct that involves human rights abuses. There's so much reporting from the rebel perspective about how Syria has used barrel bombs and, and all of this. We know that information. They don't need to report that and further confirm what's already true. But what we can benefit from is a more nuanced and complex picture that is confirmed from reporting on the ground that shows that Rania or Max or anybody else who dares to enter Syria has shown that there are jihadist groups that are in Syria which have received arms and funds from the CIA or have received support from lobbyist groups in the United States who are acting as propagandists in order to foment this sort of intervention in order to push and advance this destabilization of Syria. That's, that, to me, seems like something that Americans should know, that we should all know, that Westerners should grapple with and we should know. But the people who are invested in a certain reality do not like that Rania and Max are invested in providing that truth to people. And so, in my article... I'm just going to read this and include statements and comments from Rania that I'm, I imagine she would have given if she was able to participate. If she had some time to do the show, she would talk to all of you. We can come back to this. And if you have questions or comments about what you've seen going on and you want us to engage, especially if you're patrons, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash unauthorized disclosure, and you can participate in a back and forth we will come back to this later on in September, but for now, I just want to be clear about the story here and give it all to you so you know what went down. There's a lot out there. It's all over the place. There's a lot of allegations. There's shit being said about Rania and Max that is totally untrue, and this is what needs to be understood. His attacks came from a select but influential group of individuals who resent the manner in which Rania Kalik and Max Blumenthal have undermined a narrative for supporting regime change operations by Western forces and the militia groups aligned with them. Both have been targeted before by these individuals who have forced or attempted to force the cancellation of their speaking events or render them toxic to publishers so their journalism does not reach a wider audience. This resentment is a product of an obsession. That involves exaggerating their influence in order to justify a campaign that convinces people they should be viewed as pariahs. Molly Crabapple is a New York artist and writer whose work has appeared in the New York Times, Guardian, CNN, and Vanity Fair. She equated their journalism to Nazi propaganda. This is some Goebbels shit, Crabapple declared. She said, prancing around Syria on a government luxury tour, posting tourist photos near torture centers, and mocking Syrian refugees who can never return to their country without risking being tortured to death. This was part of a thread on Twitter that received more than 1,900 likes and was shared over 700 times. Uh, that was what I just read there. 
one of Molly Crabapple's several tweets. She referred to a photo that Rania shared on Instagram and added, Note that no one in this photo knows Arabic. They are traveling around with a regime driver and translator on a regime junket. There is zero independent journalism being done, though lots of eating at swanky restaurants. Miriam Alba, Elba, a fact-checker and associate research editor for The Intercept, reacted, LMAO! Rania and Max are in Damascus. Neither of them speak Arabic, yet they claim to be talking, in quotes, to many Syrians there. Why aren't they disclosing who's translating for them and helping them out? The issue, though, is Rania can speak Arabic. She told me, I speak a good amount of Arabic. I still struggle a bit with some words, but I was basically their translator this whole trip. She's lived in Lebanon for the last three years. Those of you who listen to the show understand that. So she told me her Arabic has improved a lot since she's moved there. Tana Ganeva, who has been published by the Washington Post, The Intercept, Rolling Stone, and Glamour, replied to Crabapple, do the regime driver and, and translator know how irrelevant these people are? Where do they even publish at this point? Replying to Crabapple and Geneva's jokes about Calic and Blumenthal, Miriam Saleh, an editor and reporter for The Intercept, jumped in and she added, I wonder whether Verso, this is Verso Books, a publisher, I wonder whether Verso still stands by its decision to publish Max's Islamophobic drivel. Now, this publisher, which is an excellent publisher, it's put out some really fantastic books, published Max's book, The Management of Savagery, How America's National Security State Fueled the Rise of Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and Donald Trump. This was out in April. It received praise from Reza Aslan, Gabriel Byrne, Andrew Coburn, Juan Cole, Chris Hedges, Oliver Stone, and Asa Wynn Stanley. The book examined how the United States funded the Mujahideen in Afghanistan and drew the Soviet Union into a prolonged war, then allowed the same militants to become threats to the safety and security of Middle Eastern, North African, and South Asian countries. Through extensive research, it argued America's efforts to nation-build and overthrow regimes have made the U.S. more vulnerable to terrorism and the rise of ultranationalism, including Islamophobia. Clarissa Ward hyperventilated. She said, quote, started to read a certain journalist, journalist in quote, thread from inside Damascus this AM, then found myself getting palpitations, which progressed into spasms of rage. How can anyone be so blindly credulous? Are narcotics involved? It is such a disgrace. Remarkably, Ward was a CNN correspondent, subject of reporting by Blumenthal that showed she contracted Bilal Abdul Karim to take her into rebel-controlled territory. In quotes. Kareem was an English language propagandist for Jabhat al-Nusra, which is the Al-Qaeda affiliate in Syria. One of the photos that Khaled posted to her Instagram was from Sidnaya, Syria. It went viral because she described what she saw as a, quote, breathtaking view in Syria, end quote. And these people objected. According to Khaled, Sagnaya is known to Syrians as a, quote, historic Christian village in the mountains that has a church more than a thousand years old at the very top. 
Not only is it a summer destination, not only is it a place to go in the summer for Syrians, but the village also, quote, managed to protect itself from jihadists during the war with its own militia. They armed people and they pushed back those who were going to take over this township. Nick Waters, a senior investigator for Bellingcat, which has produced analyses of the war in Syria that promote regime change, mapped where Kalik snapped the image. So Rania, Rania sends this photo. These people are trying to use GPS. They're so obsessed, they're using GPS to map out where Rania is in Syria and, and give her location. You know, like, we've had people kidnapped in war zones, journalists. So you got these regime change boosters trying to geolocate where Max and Rania are reporting from in Syria. Looked at the photo, figured out where it was likely taken, and then Nick Waters asserted she was, quote, only a couple of degrees away from the infamous, the infamous Sidnaya prison, where tens of thousands of people have been tortured and executed. Outrage spread, brush fire through Twitter, Immediately, as these individuals contended that Kalik, Rania Kalik, was trying to whitewash the crimes of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad's regime. Given how Rania and Max frequently are labeled as Assadists by this faction of people, how does this allegation make any sense? Now, I want you to consider this. These two journalists cannot both be Assadists and be hiding a torture chamber that is known to exist in Syria where prisoners are said to have been brutalized and hanged. Because obviously, a good Assadist would have made it sure that the photograph had this facility in the picture because they would not want the world to think that the regime was trying to hide this because they don't want to call attention to brutality that has taken place in this facility. So if she's an Assadist, why isn't it? the prison, why isn't this facility in the photo? Well, clearly, there's no fucking conspiracy. Nothing happened, and she just took the photo a certain way, and it just happened that the prison is not in the photo, because the photo does not define Sadnaya. As Rania told me, it'd be like saying that New York City was Riker's prison, and that if I take a picture in New York and I don't get Rikers in the photo. I'm somehow trying to hide the truth and the reality of what goes on in New York City. So anyways, these people went on and on. And it's important to point out that Max had already covered this prison and how the Amnesty International Human Rights Organization put out a report in 2017 where they inflated the number of people who were executed in this prison. They made a hypothetical calculation that five to 13,000 prisoners were executed here, tortured and hanged. But they were, if you look at the footnote, Max pointed out, if you go to a footnote, they were only able to confirm 375 deaths. That's 375 too many, to be clear. However, in order to gin up support for dramatic action, this human rights organization is, is spreading human rights propaganda about 5,000 to 13,000 prisoners being tortured and executed. And that number, 375 deaths, may also 
have a bias, may also have a flaw because it came from the Syrian Network for Human Rights, which is a public relations operation for opposition groups in Syria. It operates out of Doha, Qatar. It was the SNHR's numbers, the Syrian Network for Human Rights' own numbers that Amnesty relied on for this non-hypothetical number. So back to this trio of people who are there trying to do journalism and call attention to what's really going on in the areas engaged in kind of correspondence that we should want all of our journalists to practice rather than sitting at home at their desks on some computer pretending like they have some fucking clue what's happening in parts of the world when they've never been there. So there was a backlash to them being there because they were at a meeting. It was a conference for union activists, members of U.S. Labor Against the War attended. Later, the three journalists met with people through arrangements of their own, and it was insisted upon that this must be some kind of organized itinerary put together by the government to lead them around so that they could put out propaganda in order to boost Bashar al-Assad. That's not true. That is bullshit. They were there doing what they wanted to do in order to build solidarity, international solidarity, between people in Syria and outside of Syria who are part of struggles for justice and liberation. To give some more context, a broader yet similar backlash occurred in November 2016 when Rania went to Damascus as part of a delegation of journalists that included reporters from the BBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and various other Western media outlets. There were people from think tanks as well, and they were going to cover a conference organized by the British Syrian Society, which is a non-governmental organization that was co-founded by the father of Asma al-Assad, who's the wife of the Syrian president. You're probably running ahead of me. You know how this is going to be easily used to spin people and attack Rania. Charles Lister, who was a lobbyist for the arming of Salafi jihadist militants in Syria at the Qatari-funded Middle East Institute in Washington, D.C., put up a copy of a program for this conference. It happened to list Rania as a speaker, although she never agreed to speak at the gathering. There were other people in there who were listed as speakers. They did not speak. They were not giving, they never gave permission to speak. Their names were included as well. The Syrian government never paid for any part of Rania's trip, but the same people upset with Kalik, with Rania Kalik and Max Blumenthal for being in Damascus in September 2019, they made Rania toxic so that progressive media outlets were discouraged from publishing any reporting from her trip. She lost her position as a member of the editorial board of the Electronic Intifada, a website known for its coverage of the Palestinian struggle for human rights. And a few months later, the same faction, again, these same people who are constantly targeting her still today, pushed the Students for Justice in Palestine a chapter at the University of North Carolina to cancel a speaking event with her and subsequently the Solidarity for Palestinian Human Rights group in Concordia canceled her planned appearance for Israeli Apartheid Week. Now I want to introduce you to someone who I will not overinflate his importance. I don't think he has a lot of influence, but he represents a kind of character that populates these fact this faction. And he's relentless. Az Katerji. He works for the Turkish State 
broadcaster called TRT World. And he pledged around this time when Rania was being canceled, for lack of a better word, that he would never stop fighting against Assad's propaganda campaign over his dead body. I will never stop, not with any of you. I will never rest while you are given platforms or publishing opportunities, he proclaimed. He said, Rania is no journalist. He believes she is a shill for Assad and Iran. And he described Rania, and he also referred to me in this way, as enemies of mankind, and he hoped God would have mercy because he had no plans to show mercy. Oz referred back to what he had done. His campaign that had some success that he participated in, and it wasn't his campaign only, but that he openly spoke about being a participant, he returned to it and said that pro-Assad propagandist Rania Kalik is back in Damascus today on a solidarity trip for the Assad regime from war crimes charges. She was no platformed by students for justice in Palestine activists in response to the no platforming Prominent figures signed an open letter in her defense. Since then, she has been employed as a propagandist by the Kremlin and doubled down on war crimes denial. And he called Kalik, called Ronnie Kalik, a pro-regime war crimes denier and propagandist for mass murder. He listed all these people. It's not enough. I want you to be clear here. I want everyone to understand. It's not enough for Oz or any of these others to stop with Ronnie. It's not enough to stop with Max. It's not enough to stop with journalists who go do reporting. You got to go after the associates. You got to go after the people who defend them. You got to go after the people who give them interviews, who speak to them about what they saw when they went on their reporting trips. You got to stop the people who defend them when they're attacked, when their speaking events are canceled. So Oz listed all of these individuals who stuck up for Rania when she was being blacklisted, when there was this sustained campaign to make her no longer employable. Ali Abu Nima, Reza Aslan, Media Benjamin, Noam Chomsky, George Sicarello Marr, Andrew Cockburn, Jonathan Cook, Lee Fong, Glenn Greenwald, Basim Haddad, Doug Henwood, Zaid Jelani, Ken Klippenstein, Anthony Lowenstein, John Pilger, Vijay Prashad, and Corey Robin. These are all people who stuck up for Rania, and now you have Oz turning to focus on them and say that not only do we want you to shut down Rania and Max for reporting from Syria, we want you to shut down all these people. I want you to reminded. I want you to be reminded that all of you are war crimes deniers as well. So let's attack you too. He may not be as influential as Lister or Crabapple, but Oz's relentless zeal is effective in stirring animosity on social media through deliberate efforts to slander people who depart from the political narratives for U.S. foreign policy that he supports. Katerji and others were part of an effort to cancel an event for Max's book, Management of Savagery, that was to be held at the Politics and Prose Bookstore in D.C. in April. We talked about this on Unauthorized Disclosure uh, back uh, during that month. Many of the outlandish gripes from this faction of people were incorporated into a scurrilous article from the Jerusalem Post staff about Blumenthal. And this article was filed under anti-Semitism and published while Max was in Damascus. So here's a way to sum this all up. 
All together, these campaigns to silence Max, Rania, and others have a cumulative impact. They discourage anyone from traveling to Syria to spend money and resources on reporting that may not bolster the agenda for intervention. Rania was forced out of regular work in U.S. progressive media and now works for a project called In the Now that openly is funded by Russian state media. Max independently operates the gray zone and no longer enjoys the same level of support from progressives that he did a few years ago. And here's what Rania told me. It is wrong for Westerners to reduce Syria, which is home to some of the oldest cities in the world, to one man. Syria is not Assad. Syria is a historically and culturally rich country of millions who are completely erased by these regime change lobbyists who want to enforce a journalistic siege on the country to prevent Americans from seeing the reality of Syria. All the bullying and intimidation is meant to stifle attempts at reporting the reality of the government areas where the overwhelming majority of Syrians live. If Americans saw the reality, the regime change narrative would collapse right away. Journalists should do what they can to report from all areas. That's a part of the job, but for some reason they don't want anyone to report from government areas. Max pointed out on Twitter that the correspondence from the New York Times and the Washington Post, as well as DC think tanks, are able to have a great time in Damascus and return home to push for the country's, quote, continued destabilization, end quote. They can go to Syria anytime, just like anyone else would, by getting government visas, and they face little condemnation because nobody questions their ideological commitment to the broader U.S. foreign policy agenda. And what you need to know about Max's book and how it relates to everything that's unfolding here with these attacks on Rania and Max is that management of savagery exposed how detached from reality these people are. They do not want to confront the reality that the U.S. relied on Islamic State militants in Syria to pressure the Syrian government. That eventually pushed Russia to back the Syrian military and its efforts to rid Syria of jihadist elements. They say nothing about Turkey and Saudi Arabia and how those countries have funneled millions and tons of weapons into Syria to aid any opposition group that will fight the Syrian regime, regardless of whether this means terrorists are effectively armed. They are okay with these terrorist groups being armed. They will apologize for them. They will say, that's just the way things are. An array of, of Gulf countries, pro-Israel lobbyists, and individuals from the defense industry maintain a commitment to these quote-unquote rebel groups in Syria, even as an uprising hijacked by Islamic fundamentalists dithers. They're disappointed that the CIA backed away from sending advanced TOW missiles and communications equipment to militant groups to fight Assad's regime. They care little about the costs of meddling in a country in a manner that elevates jihadists. If they have to resort to exaggerating actual examples of human rights abuses in order to drum up support for war, they will, even if that makes it possible to discredit valiant efforts for justice. And that is why they do not like it when journalists like Max and Rania travel to Syria. And if you support the work that Rania does, if you like this show, if you want to hear more from us, if you want to stand up to these people who would like to cancel Rania, make it impossible for her to exist as a Western journalist, because she still is, she may live in Lebanon, but the people who she wants to read her work, 
who she's trying to reach are Westerners. They're English-speaking people. And if you want to stand up to these people who are trying to silence journalists, you can go to patreon.com slash unauthorized disclosure and become a patron. We're constantly using this show in order to get out her reporting, in order to support this critical work that must be done. It must be done. We have to challenge. We've had an incredible development with Donald Trump being elected president and perhaps not as stunning when you break down the history of the Democratic Party. But to see it witness to witness it in real time, to see people like John Bolton be forced out from positions as national security advisor, and then see people who are liberals freak out because they think this is somehow gonna mean that there's less chance that Trump challenges Russia or you know, they maybe want more aggression towards Iran or they favor the neoconservatism of John Bolton and they want to see more war in Syria and they don't like that the Taliban might be part of peace talks the week of 9-11. Oh, the week of 9-11. Oh, God. The horror that we might use the 18th anniversary a generation later in order to end a war that has been a catastrophe, that has caused uh, atrocious losses of life for so many, ruined and held back an entire country for 18 years because we've been waging war in Afghanistan. And it just keeps going on and on and it seemingly has no objectives and you have no idea, nobody does, what we're even trying to do anymore. And of course that's beside the point because there's no objective that would make that war defensible. And you have to resolve, you have to find some kind of way to talk with the Taliban and these are people, these are Islamic fighters who were funded with CIA support they're Mujahideen, and then they took over and gained power in Afghanistan after they defeated the Soviet Union, and then they gave haven to Osama bin Laden, and we didn't like that they were willing to give people safety who may have been participants or supporters of the September 11th attacks. And then that led to an invasion, and that invasion became an occupation, and it was a somewhat of a nation-building operation, and we're still there. And the uh, fact that Donald Trump might be averse to continuing that war is a problem. It gets him labeled Taliban Trump by the same liberals who are all about Moscow Mitch. And we need people like Rania. We need people like Max. If you support this kind of work, you can go to patreon.com slash unauthorized disclosure. I've been going on and on and on and on, but these people get me worked up. And so it's been good to talk to all of you. We are going to take a break. This was not supposed to be a thing that we put out. This was not supposed to be something that was recorded, but... You can't let these regime change boosters have their way. 
they have to be challenged. You can't just let them put out what they put out in some kind of a vacuum and not expose what they're doing in order to shut down people who are doing critical work. These are important independent journalists who need to be supported. And there, I'm, there's people outside of Rania and Max who deal with this, who are going on their own dime to Syria and other countries, challenging U.S. actions, and then they get attacked because they dare, because they dare to be on the other side. They dare to use the information in a way that does not promote war. Thank you for listening to the Unauthorized Disclosure Weekly Podcast, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Unauthorized Disclosure Podcast.